0: And welcome, we are back. We're going to do a good good one today. This is the one you want to get your notebook and pen and pad out. We're going to discuss casual relationships and causation statement requirements for filing federal workers' comp claims. We're going to do the general understanding. We're going to talk about what's required to do the casual relationship causation statement for CA1s and CA2s. So you definitely want to get your pen and paper out and be ready to stop and start this one, because it's going to be dense, cover a lot of ground, it's going to be a good episode. So, Without further ado, uh, welcome to Federal Workers' Comp- Coffee Break Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Taylor, the Federal Workers' Compensation Consultant in my 28th year. Uh, This is a podcast today we're going to cover that's a very thorough and very important part of establishing a claim correctly. And so we're just going to go into detail uh, from the procedure manual on how to do casual relationship. And I know it's supposed to be causal relationship. I'm from Texas, so I say it wrong. Causal relationship and, and causation statements for filing a claim. So welcome if it's your first time here. If you're a regular, welcome back. Uh, And if you were recommended by somebody else, pay it forward. And uh, if you like what we do here, tell others about it so that other people can have success and help with their filing of their claim. I know I can't be everywhere, so I try to help people all over the country. I'm based out of Florida and Oklahoma. So here at the podcast, what we like to do is we cover federal workers' compensation related topics. Uh, that could be related to both OWCP and FICA, but also DOL, Longshore, Maritime, DOD, DOD contractors, wartime contractors, any other type of federal workers' compensation. We do this in a short Coffee Break format where we will discuss lots of topics basically related to filing or how to understand your rights, your responsibility, the claims, rules, and provisions, and we cover tips on how to successfully navigate all these things to claim to help you with your workers' comp claim. So as we do with all of our podcasts when we get started, let's get that coffee going. And let's dive in. We're gonna do the causal relationship in OWCP workers comp claims. All right, so let's dive in. First of all, we're gonna talk about the general requirements for the causal relationship. When you file your worker's comp claim, you have to understand that the burden of proof is on you, the injured worker, okay? It is your responsibility to show a causal relationship between your disability and your injury and an on-the-job injury and work-related factors for you to have success in filing for a traumatic injury or occupational disease as conditions of employment. Now to qualify for workers' compensation federal, the employee must be covered under the FICA Act. So you have to know that you're a government division covered under the act. You can look that up under the FICA website. And next there must be an injury or disease claimed to be related to factors of employment. The employment must the employee, I'm sorry, must make a timely filing of the claim which we discussed in our last podcast of 30 days within the provisions of FICA, the injury or disease must be the result of activities that you do in the performance of your regular duty or required duty or required temporary duty and your injury or disease must have been proximately caused by or aggravated by a work-related injury or by employment conditions or work-related factors there must be a causal relationship established now there are two kinds of evidence under the FICA. there's factual which refers to evidence submitted by you the employee then there's medical which refers to evidence submitted by your physicians with certain CA forms that are required with it in addition to factual evidence reliable and substantial medical evidence which establishes an accurate history of injury and traumatic injury claims or an accurate description of working conditions and work-related factors in occupational illness and injury claims must be submitted in order to establish a causal relationship <clears throat> this medical information must be provided by a qualified and approved physician now that's described in the owc dfc procedure manual as a medical doctor an osteopath a podiatrist optometrist dentist clinical psychologist psychiatrist or chiropractor if manipulation of the spine is involved Those would be qualified physicians. Now, you can also use a nurse practitioner or PA if the qualified physician is is there and co-signs the note. The employee must first write a statement describing the work-related injury or work-related illness, okay? That's you, and the conditions of employment, that means you've got to include all your routine job activities that you do daily, and how you believe specific work activities that are required by your job or work-related conditions caused your injury or illness okay this statement this written statement that we've gone over in previous podcasts whether it be for ca1 or ca2 is the most important detail uh, that is important to establish causal relationship because you have to describe your work activities and your work conditions that are relevant to your performance of duty requirements, or whatever you're being asked to do uh, that's routine or outside of routine, it has to be documented that it was a part of performance of duty requirements at that time, okay? Now, you have to go into specific details and make sure you cover the how, when, where, who, why, the five questions we've talked about That are relevant in order to cover all your bases to establish with the claims examiner that you have work-related factors that are the causal event or condition that caused your injury or illness now example of this would be if you're claiming an injury to say your body part like a back that resulted from repeating getting up and down out of a truck going up and down stairs slip and fall you would have to describe, describe in great detail what is involved in getting in and out of your postal vehicle, getting up and down stairs at the building you have to go to, uh, working in and out of a, um, a, a warehouse where there's things trip over. You have to go through that. Then you have to describe how many times you do that a day, how many times you carry packages, go up and down stairs. You have to give details. Then you have to multiply how much of that you think you do a day and then num- multiply by the number of work days per year to the yearly number so that the understanding of the claims examiner is how this could have occurred based on work-related factors. You don't realize that some of the stuff you do, you've done thousands of times over you know, decades. So your statement, your written statement that we've gone over, you should do in handwritten form and sign it, should also include information on your hobbies and activities outside of work, and that you got to make sure that you ensure that you uh, and your physician read the statement, acknowledge the statement, and that the five medical requirements called the five elements are addressed in your statement and the medical fact, statement of fact from a physician that he agrees with the causation. All right, now let's go into specific details for the CA1 before we do the CA2 on causal relationships. If the employee is claiming a work-related injury and or disability based on that on-the-job injury, then OWCP Form CA-1 should be used if it happened during one shift. In other words, an incident or event happened. The five requirements of the medical evidence are as follows. They'll call it the five elements. Number one, the employee's physician should read the employee statement and refer to it in his or her own medical statement indicating that he or she has read the employee's description of the injury sustained and has knowledge of the injury this gives the physician a frame of reference upon which to base his medical opinion the doctor should state something like the following i have read the statement dated blah 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 prepared by joe sue regarding the injury sustained on example date now number two the physician must give a definitive conclusive diagnosis Referring to any relevant test x-rays etc impressions do not satisfy this requirement. There must be definitive conclusions The doctor must also give a definitive conclusion opinion That is his opinion that the employee's disability or injury was caused or aggravated accelerated precipitated by the work-related injury Speculative language such as the words perhaps or probably or might does not support the claim. Go back and listen to our Story Time podcast on that long story I told about the one it took two years to fix where the doctor said probably. The, the number four would be the physician must give his or her medical reasoning or rationale for the diagnosis in his own opinion, known as a causation statement. In other words, your doctor must show how he or she reached this opinion and what are the medical reasons for arriving at that opinion. The physician must state the period of time the disability will last and the extent of the disability. If the disability is partial or temporary, you should say so. The statement must indicate the work limitations of the employee during the period of disability if the disability could be accommodated to continue to work. Okay, that's CA1. That's causal relationship requirements for CA1. Now we're going to do causal relationship requirements for ca2 this is an occupational illness claim <clears throat> that could be an illness or an injury chronic repetitive overuse a carpal tunnel that kind of stuff if the if you uh, are claiming an occupational illness or disease owcp form ca2 should be used remember what i taught you in previous podcasts a ca2 is two for two or more shifts in other words it's a date range of a period of time it did not occur on one date. it occurred over a period of prolonged repetitive exposure or use during multiple shifts two or more all right now the five requirements are very similar for this but they have little variances but let's go over them. all right so here's your medical evidence requirements number one the employee's physician should read the employee statement and refer to it in their own medical statement indicating that I've read the employee's description and the conditions of employment which caused the disease or illness. And I concur that the injuries or the illness in front of me is consistent with the written statement of how this happened. That gives the physician a frame of reference upon which to make his medical opinion. The physician state something like that. I've read the statement prepared by so and so regarding condition of employment at this job during this period. Okay, but the period needs to be from one day to another day. That's the difference. The physician, number two, must give a definitive conclusive diagnosis, refer to any relevant test, diagnosis, etc. Then, number three, the physician must give a definitive conclusive opinion that the employee's disability or injury was caused, aggravated, accelerated, or precipitated by the condition of employment described by the employee. Speculative language, such as the use of the words perhaps, or probably or maybe uh, will not support the claim, it has to be definitive. And if if it's disability could be temporary and not permanent, then try to give date ranges and times or what could be accommodated for the patient to go back to work at a different performance of duty, light duty requirement. Also, the physician must give his medical reasoning or her, I guess, for, or rationale for the diagnosis they arrive at and his opinion in other words hey, your doctor must show how they have reached the opinion given uh, what you had given in your statement what the medical evidence shows and how they're causally related to the work related factors that you presented in your incident report or in your date ranges of your work related factors and conditions in order to arrive at their opinion the doctor has to state the period of time that the disability will last and the extent of the disability and if the disability could be accommodated so that's causality guys that's causality and it's important for you to understand that if you don't do it that way you're not going to get an accepted condition they're going to fire off a letter and in that letter it's going to say please understand that we need a the following from you and your doctor And it's usually going to be a letter that states those five things, and it'll say you're missing number five, which is called the fifth element causality statement. So then you're on the last page of that denial. If you get a denial letter, it's going to have a page called the appeals. I want to go over appeals with you quickly. There are three forms of appeals for federal workers' compensation. In those three appeals, I want to go over what each one is and how it's different so that you make an informed choice. But you do have to understand that when you get this denial or they say it's pending development and they need more information or they deny it outright or whatever it is, if their last page has these three different appeals, you have to choose one, sign it, and e-comp it back to your claims examiner or you're not going to have any medical evidence that you upload or submit on your behalf will get read, not until you sign this form. Alright, let's go over the appeals. Number one. Number one is called an oral hearing. Oral hearings are reviews of the written records are also oral hearings. This provision, this type of a, appeal, is found under 5 usc8128 subsection eight. Now that subsection uh, describes the oral hearings as a review reconsideration. It's where a claimant, that's you, not satisfied with a decision by OWCP, is entitled on request made within 30 days. That's where you sign that you want this, that we talked about, and then e-comped it. It has to be done within 30 days after receiving that uh, letter, which is the date that's on the envelope. And then that you have 30 days after the date of the issuance to a hearing on uh, your claim before a representative of OWCP. Okay, an oral hearing or review of the written record is not permitted if the employee has previously been granted a different type of appeal called a reconsideration. In other words, an oral here, i am sorry—an oral hearing or review of the written record cannot precede. Can't I'm sorry can precede, but cannot follow a reconsideration by OWCP. Okay, so you can't pick and choose these. Once you've done a reconsideration, you can't jump over to oral hearing. You have to pick one of these three and then stick with it all right the telephone oral hearings uh, they can they're basically what you do is you have a group that gets on a group telephone call and that can be done to save you trouble and costs of having to go to uh, district offices um, they also have accommodations for people who are hearing impaired but federal workers compensations uh, uh, claimants can use representatives to help you in an oral hearing most commonly it would be, say, an attorney, a union rep, uh, in some of these OWCP consultants that uh, in some areas do pretty good work. All right, that's the first one. Number two, reconsiderations. This is also under 5 U.S.C. 8128, but it's under subsection A.B. Uh, this is called a reconsideration, the most common. Now, a reconsideration request must be made in writing within one year of the last merit decision of record. So notice the OWCP appeal, you have 30 days. When you file for reconsideration, you have one year to get all the information submitted for your appeal, so you have more time. Now the reconsideration asks OWCP to review either arguments that are medical or factual or legal, not previously made. In other words, you have to present new evidence for them to examine. So it's based on new evidence that are substantial in nature that would give enough reliable new information to overcome the original decision. So things like a statement of a reliable witness, um, a causality statement that's more uh, uh, specifically meeting the standards that they asked for a fifth element, um, or just submitted documentations that weren't available before that were found later. All right. especially that if, if it does support your claim that an accident occurred during the performance of duty. Um, also, a new medical report which provides better medical rationale uh, that is not contained in the previous medical report. In other words, you don't want to send the same report twice. An employee may be represented by any responsible individual before any of these kind of hearings. So you can have friends, attorneys, union reps, OWCP, consultants, any of those people are allowed. You could just designate them. Alright, last one. The third one is called ECAB. This is your third appeal on that sheet. Now, ECAB is a, uh, it's an appeal board that's an appellate body in the Department of Labor that is separate and apart from OWCP. Decisions are issued by a three-member panel, and each member which is appointed by the Secretary of Labor at OWCP, the ECAB appeal must be made within 180 days. Okay, that's about six months of your denial decision. This appeal can be made after a decision of an OWCP hearing representative and for an OWCP decision from an oral hearing as review of the written record for following a decision on a motion for reconsideration. So no new evidence can be submitted at this appeal. Only the evidence of record at the time of appeal is considered after a decision is ordered one can file for reconsideration okay within one year of a decision rendered by ECAB by submitting either new medical evidence or new legal argument so understand that with ECAB, you get one shot at it and then you can do reconsiderations oral hearings you get one shot at it and then you have to go to reconsiderations or you can just file under reconsiderations and continue to file uh, up to four times in reconsideration if each time you have medical evidence is substantially different than the original packet alright I only went through all of that stuff today guys because it's important to just go through the basics every once in a while with you guys on understanding this because I know a lot of you guys ask me to help you help your doctors okay I don't have enough hours and time in the day to help everybody around the country I am going to retire, I am in my third decade. I would like to wrap up this next 10 years uh, by giving this stuff away so that other people will want to do it. And so if you can help your doctor by giving this podcast to them, or if you want to email me, you know me, I'm always here to help, alright? So I hope that's helpful because causality is probably the one thing that people do the worst job of doing across the board because it's not typical medical language taught in med schools. It's not the kind of things that, that medical experts that are great doctors understand or do. It's a specific kind of verbiage and requirement that's medical legal that's different than the way doctors do reports. And you have to help yourself by making your doctor aware of that or find a doctor that knows how to do it. Okay, well, I think that about does it for me today for Better Workers' Coffee Break podcast. All right, I want to thank all of you guys for listening. I want to remind you to share this podcast with other federal workers that you think would benefit from this type of information. Also, if you need an approved medical provider for your OWCP Longshore Maritime Case in Florida, you can find me and Dr. Thomas in Tampa or in Jacksonville. Um, if you want to make a consult with me to discuss your case, or if you know someone in Florida who's recently injured, you can call the clinic, 813-877-6900. Not sure when I'm going to open up in Oklahoma. Uh, I've been asked to go to Orlando, not sure what I'm going to do, but I'll let you know when I make a decision. Also if you're in another state and you want me to assist you with your claim questions or assist you and your doctor, you can email me at fedcompconsultants at protonmail.com. I get a lot of them and you'd be surprised how many of them are shocked that I answer them and tell them what to do. Uh, I get a lot of that. Uh, a lot of the stuff that I do as material comes from all your emails, so I appreciate you guys reaching out, and I appreciate you sharing this podcast with everybody. Like I said, the thousands of downloads that I've received on the Apple podcast is shocking. I didn't realize how well this would be received. I'm glad that some people would benefit from it. So I guess I'll wrap it up today. I need to warm up this coffee and, uh, and get going, but as usual, I always want to let you guys know how much I appreciate and thank each and every one of you for listening. Because I know how hard it is for all you guys to put on that uniform, that badge, deliver that mail, take care of our veterans and make this government run. It's not an easy job and this is a big thank you to all of you. We could not do this without all the work out there that all of you do. So this is a big thank you. And remember, if you have an injured federal claim and you think you need assistance or one of your friends needs assistance, I'm here to help. See you next time. Off to get my coffee.